You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 101. Yep, 101. And I'm super excited this episode is in celebration of the year of 2020. I'm joined by the beautiful menstruation queen, as she's known on Instagram, Cassandra Wilder. And we are talking all about the rise of the feminine and making 2021 the year of cyclical connection. This is a really beautiful and juicy episode. And as soon as I met Cassandra, I knew that we had to talk about this topic in relationship to the new year and the ending of 2020. You see, Cassandra Wilder is a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. She helps women end burnout by reconnecting with their innate cycles. She's been featured as a guest expert in a variety of publications and podcasts, including this one. And she weaves together research and the subtle healing modalities. She's a pioneer in the new wave of menstrual education and wellness for all cyclical beings. So basically, Cassandra and I are like long lost sisters and we vibe so hard on everything together. This is an episode I've absolutely loved recording and I can't wait for you to tune in and listen to it because let's face it, 2020 has been one hell of a year. For me personally, it's been the most traumatic year of my life. I've been through recently over the last three to four months at the end of 2020, the most traumatic experiences that I've ever, ever had to witness and go through myself physically and emotionally. And I've learned more than I ever knew I possibly could about my own body and my own abilities. And so in this episode, we really talk about how 2020 has affected us, how through some people, 2020 has created growth and change. And for others, it's done the opposite. We discuss about coming out of the shadow and really embracing the life-death cycle that our cyclical nature has been preparing us for for 2020. So we dive into trusting in flow. We talk about how to thrive through a year of wounding and how you can connect with your feminine self along with what is a healthy masculine. Then we dive into how to welcome in the feminine. How can we do this not only just on a personal scale but on a global scale too? And we discuss some fun things around menstruation, about making 2021 the year of cyclical connection. We talk about menstrual sex, having sex on your period, and menstrual blood rituals for healing yourself personally, along with healing the globe and how we can do that consciously together. So as we embark on this episode, I want you to take some time And if you haven't already, dedicate, block out some time in your calendar over the next couple of days as we work towards welcoming in 2021. It's really important in this episode, we talk about some rituals that you can embody and embrace to close off this year and welcome in the new year. And I would encourage you to dedicate time to do so. I know I'll be doing this and I would love to see and hear you do this too. Um, please be sure to check out Cassandra as we go through this episode. You'll find her on Instagram as the menstruation queen. You'll find me on Instagram as wellsome underscore Gemma Lee. And if you believe what we're sharing today in this episode, please take a screenshot, share this podcast episode and tag both Cassandra at menstruation queen and myself in your share. We would love to hear your thoughts. And if this resonates with you, along with what your thought pattern is around the life death cycle of 2020 and welcoming in 2021. 
Today's episode is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series, a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle, increase your cycle confidence, and help you create a deeper connection with your monthly cycle overall. These three live classes cover understanding your hormones, how they change throughout your four phases of your cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel, cycle disruptors and what you can do about them. You know, those things that throw your cycle out, you don't really know where they are, what they do, but you would like to learn how to balance them. We cover that in class two. And class three is all about your cycle and contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Throughout this three live class series, you'll also receive bonus gifts, resources, PDF guides, and guidance and support to helping you reset your cycle. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. Cassandra, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm beyond grateful that you're joining us. Um, We've got some really juicy topics to sum up the year as this is coming out literally in a week to like two weeks, really. Um, But before we jump into it, tell us what day of your cycle you're on and how are you checking in today? Mm, I'm on day 15, so I'm feeling fertile and yeah. (laughs) I am fertile. (laughs) But also, yeah, feeling really good. I feel very balanced. Um, I started seed cycling like like really devoting myself to it because I've dabbled with it so many times and then I forget inevitably like a weekend. So I've redevoted myself to it. And so I think it's why I'm feeling even more amazing. Um, yeah. So I feel wonderful cyclically. Oh, I love that. She's got a devoted practice right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, now let's, let's tell the world, the well women world, who you are and what it is that you do. Um, yeah. I feel like you're a sister from another mister. So yeah, share, share that. Oh. I haven't heard someone say that since like ninth grade. <laughs> uh, it's a down under saying that I probably, I have a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> I love it. You are my people. So <laughs> my name is Cassandra and I'm a naturopathic doctor and I specialize in women's cyclical health and menstruation specifically. Um, and like a lot of women, my my welcoming into my menstrual years was not smooth. It was not an empowering transition. And there was definitely no one to really hold me by the hand and explain that it doesn't have to be painful or irregular. In fact, there's so many beautiful things that we can do to support our bodies. So I didn't have that, of course, like many of us. So struggled with irregular periods through most of my adolescence. When I was 18, I finally went to a doctor and was promptly told birth control was the only option. And I remember even at that young age thinking, that's it? That's that's all you got for me. Okay, um, that's disappointing. <laughs> so um, when I started naturopathic school, it really was with this fire to figure out why we have this stigma around women's cyclical health, why we still act like really severe symptoms are normal and why we normalize things like horrendous period cramps and irregularities and infertility. And I really wanted to understand why there were such gaps in the research around women's health and why we had this shroud of mystery around giving women real help. Um, Of course, the more research I did, the more uh, 
disenchanted, I guess I was with the whole system since there are such big gaps. But when I started my practice, I was amazed in that it seemed like every woman I met was like, oh my God, I need your help. Or where were you 30 years ago? It was really quickly evident that pretty much every woman has struggled in this area of her life. And yet there are very few people talking about it, which is why I'm so glad there are beautiful humans like you in the world that are also trying to end this stigma and teach women that your cycle can be your greatest gift. And if there's an imbalance there, it's simply a call from the body to support it. Oh my God, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I say. Oh my God, I love it. I'm so excited. And this is why I invited you onto the show so that we can <laughs> on all things cycles. Well, in fact, if you haven't already listened to the 100th episode, please go back and listen to that because that was an episode um, that featured all of you as the listeners. The listeners built the episode mm. and contributed to the episode. That was really lovely. So thank you for those who were a part of that. And this being episode 101 and the sum up episode of the year, when I connected with Cassandra, I was really, I was, I was encouraged to do this by a client. Um, thank you, Mel. A little shout out to you. And I first saw Cassandra's Instagram and I was like, we need to talk about the shift of the feminine and what has been the year of 2020. So tell, like, tell me what has 2020 been like for you? Because we're in very different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm in Australia. You're not in Australia. <laughs> uh, so tell everyone where you're from and yeah. what 2020 has been like for you in life, in mm -hmm. all aspects of life. Mm, such a good question. So I'm in the States, in Utah specifically. So yeah, I think we're like literally opposite sides of the world. What, whereabouts in Utah? Uh, Salt Lake. So oh, up in the mountains. I, I come to Salt Lake every year apart from this What? Year. Yeah, I've been to Salt Lake every year the last eight years except for 2020. Oh, okay. Well, now we're definitely going to be like real life friends. <laughs> <laughs> Next time when I come, I'll be coming to visit. Yes hang out yes. um yeah I love Salt Lake definitely Park City is one of my favorites mm. um yeah recently last time I was there I hiked up to the tallest where the tallest lift was and I hiked from the bottom and I got up there and I was like fuck I have to walk back down and the, I noticed that the lifts just started and so I walked over to this guy in the, this lift box is it called lift? <laughs> uh -huh. and I was like I knocked on the door and I was like hello he's like where did you come from and I was like <laughs> Uh, I just saw that you guys started like, can I get a ride down? <laughs> He's like, yeah. And we'll give it to you for free. I was like, great. Cause it just took me four hours to walk here. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways. I love, I love Salt Lake. I love Utah Aww. and I, I love coming to the States. So thank you for sharing back to you. What you <laughs> that made my heart so happy. Yeah. I mean, what a year, I think that's the best way to sum it up. Um, I think for a lot of us, we quickly saw in 2020, the life, death, life cycle. And even though it's the scary, the dark side of the goddess, the stuff that we don't really want to face, I think this year was the first time our faces were shoved into it. And we had to look at the shadow and we had to look at the layers of ourselves that we are not comfortable with. And we had to let go of a lot, both things that, you know, maybe were really hard, like being with our friends and family gatherings and travel, right? How sad is that to not be able to travel this year? But it was also a lot of letting go of inner patterns and stories and uh, like business wise, previously I was leading a lot of retreats every year and this year obviously couldn't do any. And while it was a death, it was also that rebirth opportunity to hone in more in what I really love and 
and thrive in a year when there was so much chaos and hurt and wounding that was really showing up from the feminine and the masculine. So I think if I had to summarize 2020, I would say life, death, life. And I, I really think as we move into this new year, everything is going to be focused around authenticity and really embodying who we are without the shadow, without the, I mean, I was going to say masks that we wear. I mean, like more metaphorically than, than literally. And finally being authentic to who we are. That's what I really feel as this is all winding down to a close. Mm, I can't wait to welcome in the new year. Um, for me, and I haven't shared this, like the story publicly yet, but for me, 2020 was the most traumatic year of my life physically. Mm. Um, my body went through a lot of physical trauma. My heart went through a lot of physical trauma, particularly in the last four months of the year. And, you know, that led to surgery. It led to a lot of different things. And it just goes to show that everything in life is a life, death, life mm. cycle. And when you look at the menstrual cycle and all the aspects, and even if you look at the Ayurvedic aspect of it, which is like my intake on the cycle, is that everything they teach is about preparing yourself for the process of death. And that is yogic lifestyle. That is Ayurvedic lifestyle or living. And it just goes to show that, you know, this too soon shall pass. Mm. And understanding that we're constantly on this wheel that's just always evolving and I don't know about you so I'm gonna actually I will ask you Cassandra what it what are like four or five things that have got you through this year oh god so it's like so for me we talk about like in Ayurveda I speak about this is your daily dinacharya so your daily mm -hmm. method of operation your daily process where you commit but what are what are the, like the core things that you feel have got you through this year mm-hmm I mean, this is cliche, but honestly, having that cyclical awareness to give myself so much more permission at different times of the month, especially when we were in the real height of everything going on. Um, so my morning routines have become absolutely life-changing. 2020 was funny because the, the life that came to me was meeting my amazing partner and we got a corgi puppy a couple months ago. And so there's been like That's sweet funny. little things, yeah, that have come in that, yeah, have been like such sweet gifts amidst so much decay and, and loss. Um, and I think more than anything, it was a trusting in the flow. So not resisting what was happening and not white knuckling anything and not getting caught up in the media and the fear that's so, so easy to get spiraled into. And instead really focusing on the greater picture. And in my mind, for me, that was just trusting the process and allowing mm. what to be to be and to choose how I show up with that as it, as it aligns. So which is yes. not easy, especially it's this not, year. <laughs> it's especially when there's a pandemic and yeah. a lot of what you may have or a lot of how you may have lived is now out of your control. Right. From what, what time of the day you can go to the supermarket, mm. when you can leave your house, how often you can leave your house, what streets you can drive on, whether you can get on a bus or get on a plane, you know, whether you can see your dad for his 70th birthday I wasn't even able to do that um you know whether you were able to get married or not my brother had to cancel his wedding you know even though he's now married but yes he canceled the main wedding and like so much of just trusting that what is coming forward and this is the ultimate lesson of surrender mm -hmm. and surrender is such a beautiful aspect of the feminine 
And I feel for me this year, and I've been on the journey of connecting with my own feminine for like the last five plus years, but I feel this year more than ever, global consciousness is now connecting with the feminine, the aspects of like nurturing and empathy and creativity, being creative in how you now spend your time Mm -hmm. and community and surrender. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I love that we're in different parts of the world. How have you, like, what have you noticed around the feminine aspect and the change? Because if you look at the the history of the world, you know, we grew up, not you and I physically grew up, but the world was born a very feminine plane. Mm -hmm. And then over time through, you know, I, I won't classify and get too political, but like certain times of the, of life, you know, we had a lot of burnings and these burnings burnt a lot of the feminine and the masculine took over. And that was because the feminine got maybe a little bit greedy with what was happening at the time. And so the masculine took charge and therefore we had the, the birth of the, the patriarchy world that we live in today. Mm-hmm. And this is a very masculine led world. I know different parts of the world would agree that it's more masculine or they have more you know, leadership and dictatorship, you could say. Mm -hmm. But I really feel this year is thrown a lot of feminine out there. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed? How do you feel about that? 100%. Even, you know, when the quarantines started, you know, we were being pulled out of the workplace. We were being pulled out of the settings that I think were often really uh, ridden in that masculine mindset and pulled home, pulled into our own safe container, encouraged to look within. Um, that when I think of this year, I keep seeing fire and I keep seeing like serpent energy. Ooh. So like destruction and fertile soil. And then this like painful, long, slow process of like trying to wiggle out of these old skins. I don't know, like, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm like literally worst. wiggling right now. <laughs> No, I, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at this visual that I have. Does, it, does everybody know the movie Ace Ventura yes. and how he's like in the rhinoceros and he's just like, and sticks his arm out the rhino's bum and he's like trying to like birth himself out the rhino. Like that's literally getting yourself through the turning point of 2020. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is like a- reminding me of that. Well, see, that's kind of perfect because it's like the birth canal, you know, when you're about to emerge, yeah, out the other side, you are being squished and you're uncomfortable and you can't breathe and you're- I love that. Mm. And then slowly you feel like I'm almost out. Maybe that's what this is all boiling down to is like that final Mm. push before we emerge. I love that. And I really feel that this has been a year where personally women have reclaimed their own femininity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been more time and there's been a lot of like stuff floating around on the gram about, um, you know, more time for self-pleasure mm, yes. and not even just sensual sexual self-pleasure, but self-pleasure and like take the time girlfriend to make a really nice meal in the kitchen because you can and enjoy just wearing your tracksuit pants all week if you want to no bra no bras bra free zone all boobies globally are very happy right now um we might see a decline in potential boob health challenges because of this i Um, was just thinking that yeah like who knows but it's been a super interesting year and 
I would love to hear from you. What personal things have you noticed in the feminine shift? Like the, the, the plane. And when I say plane, I'm talking about like the environment around us. So like the earth plane. So your own communities where, um, you know, your, your partner lives, where you live, where your family lives, where you shop. Like what have you noticed in a, in a, in a feminine scale going from masculine to femininity? Mm. I think we're still in the heat of it, at least here when I think of the States or where I live. Um, I would not say that we've fully uh, transitioned into the feminine way of thinking yet. I still think there's a lot of resistance that's mm. happening I don't think here. we have either. I just feel like there's mm. really great seeds being yes. planted. This is the yes. year of, you know, sowing your seeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the big seeds that I think I'm seeing are... Um, I think we're finally starting to remove this mindset of like the hustle mindset. We're starting to get out of the idea that more is always better and you have to force things and make things happen. And this, this glamorization we have around, you know, make it happen. And if you want it, then go out and do it. And I think people are finally starting to soften and pull away, or as you said, so beautifully surrender out of those mindsets and allow things to be, to create a container to receive those things. People are starting to, I think, take their sovereignty back in that they're choosing mm-hmm. to really observe before they react. Well, maybe because they don't have a choice <laughs> because we're all observing from home. Um, but I think because of that, as we move into the new year, it's probably gonna be the first time in history that the feminine surrounded by so much war and bloodshed and chaos really blossoms and emerges and completely changes the whole frequency of the earth because of that. Mm. wow I just want everyone (laughs) to just sit with that thought for a moment but changing the frequency you can even see that if you if you're if you require visuals you're not just an audio learner but if you if you think of the visual of looking at the globe from space this year with the reduce of certain things that have occurred that have literally allowed nature kind of rebirth that's a rebirthing process in itself and I think something that we could have touched on before, but we didn't, and was the balance between masculinity and femininity. What are your thoughts on, on, the, on creating balance of masculinity and femininity? Because I feel a lot of people feel that, oh, we have to be one or the other, mm-hmm. when ultimately I personally, and I'm just putting this politically out into the world, is that there's been an unhealthy balance of masculine. Masculine's important and we can't live without the masculine, but I feel that the masculine's been a dominative, imbalanced masculine form. Yes. And so what, what happens in my mind and my heart as I, as I draw this is that the feminine, as the feminine rises, it rebalances the masculine and then that rises a healthy masculine. So we're not talking yes. about like, femininity is going to take over the world girlfriend i'm talking about creating equal balance and ease between the harmony of both fields Mm -hmm. yes because like you said they're necessary no one is one or the other it's a beautiful marrying yin and yang but i agree i think we're seeing largely the wounded masculine play Mm. out here who is judgmental and mean and um just, I kind of see this like sinister energy behind it of taking what's not theirs and really forcing their agenda on people. So yes, I guess that's kind of political, but. <laughs> <laughs> but how would you, how would you like, can you describe or explain what 
an imbalanced masculine would be in the community because I feel like we can sometimes feel it in ourselves but this is a global community shift mm-hmm. so where where could someone I think awareness is the first point being aware that it's there by noticing it so how could we notice it so for the listeners who are like what are these ladies talking about like how could they notice an imbalance in the masculine like what are some things they could look for I think it's a predatory nature almost always I don't know if you're familiar with the story Bluebeard from women who run with the wolves but oh yes yeah actually the the young maiden kind of energy that falls for the seemingly like very sturdy, you know, sexy masculine energy, but it's very predatory. He's preyed on someone that's naive and is, is using that it's against dominative. her. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we all innately feel that we all can feel that predatory nature, that idea that something is being hunted and maybe that's not mm. for our life, but that's for our power. That's for our sovereignty. It's for our basic human rights. Um, And another interesting thing in that story is it really all boils down to the feminine being so trusting of these energies rather than tapping into their own intuition and their own power and trusting it, right? So like you said, now we've recognized that there's the awareness, but now where is our action, our action and actually pulling our, our power back and directing that to a different place? Because if all women in the world collectively did that, yes, the wounded masculine would exist no more. They would have to rise to the occasion. And if they didn't, then I don't know, I guess they'd go somewhere, (laughs) but they wouldn't be part of the normal population. So as we're rising, we are lovingly guiding them to rise with us as well. Mm. So beautiful. I was just like, yeah, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you said that. Preach. Um, (laughs) Preach it, girl. Um, Is that... I think a really important point as we step into the new year of 2021 is that new phases can start at any time. It doesn't have to be a new year. And so for me, I definitely went through a really big rebirthing in like November, beginning of December, probably my biggest rebirthing ever. And I just want to make the point that as the feminine rises, the goal of the feminine is to not dominate Mm -hmm. because anything in domination is an imbalance. Mm. The feminine is really, if you look at the feminine qualities, actually I'll ask you what, like what are some great feminine qualities? Mm. Because I feel too, actually, hang on, let me backtrack on that story. I'm like all over the shop right now. Get it together, Gemma. Is I would love for every listener in 2021, as we begin this new phase of the year, so just explore what does the feminine mean to you like what does the feminine mean to you I know a lot Mm -hmm. of women that I work with and I'd love to hear your input on this feel like the feminine and I can't show you my face right now I wish I could is very like the pouty lips the stone chest like the very propped up chest the boobs are out as that mm-hmm And a lot of women have a challenge with that feminine thinking that that's what feminine is. That's what I used to think feminine was. Um, But what is feminine? Mm. That's a beautiful question. Feminine is life giver and life taker. So it is the portal of creation. So it's, yeah, less about the peacocking or, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, the trying to look all sultry and sexy and more about being connected to our inner knowing. So being intuitive, having that nurturing ability, um, while also maintaining that ability to know 
to know ourselves to the extent that we're able to then ripple that out into that world outside of us. So when I think of the feminine, I think of, of essentially the earth, the, the giver of life, but then also the, the space where the, the decay and the destruction can also come from. So I guess kind of Kali energy, right? To like pull in a goddess here, giver and taker um, in wholeness and sovereignty. Endings and beginnings. Exactly, exactly. She's the Kali, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so beautiful. How do you know when you're in your feminine? It feels good. I feel yeah. like like my, I'm not scared to speak my truth. I feel like there's um, an ability to be kind and direct at the same time. Yeah, and I feel embodied. I guess that's the best word for it. I feel whole in how I show up and I don't second guess myself. Mm, that's like the ultimate trusting. Mm -hmm. trusting in the process Mm. and surrendering to that process like we mentioned surrender earlier it's like really just embodying that Mm. for me and like to bring it into even more layman's terms for everyone listening knowing when you're in your feminist me when I'm like in the garden and then all of a sudden I'm like shit I've been here for two and a half hours because I just looked at my phone I realized I've just been an ultimate flow Mm. and not and having really good one-pointedness just focusing on the one thing and not distracted by multiple things even though the feminine has multi multiple sides you know, mm. to their personality. It's um that's how I know. But when do you know, Cassandra, when you're in your masculine? Well, I mean, <laughs> if you had healthy see, masculine or those who can't see, she just did a really good eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I feel like there's. Let's talk about both. Yeah. So when, do you, when do you know you're in your? healthy masculine start Mm. healthy and then we'll go to the unhealthy yeah well when I'm in my healthy masculine I feel structured I feel like I'm driven like I have clear goals there you know it's it's like a good day with clients you know there has to be a healthy amount of the masculine in there to make sure I'm on time for each one to make sure I get to all the points that I'm supposed to um yeah I feel like I'm really direct and I also feel like I'm efficient so it's kind of like like kind of like a cutthroat way I guess of living life there's no fluff but the wounded masculine, and it happens for all of us, is when we start to operate more out of ego. So where we feel more victimized or angry, when we feel like we lash out, uh, when we really start to feel like, I guess the, the words that often come up for me when I feel like I'm in that wounded masculine is like, no one understands me, no one appreciates me, no one sees what I'm doing. And then, you know, it's, it just takes a few minutes and you're like, what are you even talking about? What, like, what wound is that coming out of to feel like you have to be on defense of everything? So, yeah. So good. You, you just mentioned about the wounded masculine and expressed it in an outer sense. I actually feel sometimes it's the inner sense of wounded too. You know, mm. stucking on this, getting stuck on the scroll hole. I mean, like, oh my God, I'm not as good as that person. I can't possibly do that. So that's oh, the yes. ego going into the inner wounded, you know, it's, and like, I know that you know this, you just didn't mention it, which mm-hmm. is fine because there's so many facets to both yeah. femininity and masculinity. And I love that we're going through this to demonstrate mm-hmm. to everyone that we are so many things. And the question I always like to ask and bring it back to is that, is this true? Mm. You know, so like when you're looking in your please don't get stuck in the scroll hole. Can we just like make a pledge for 2021 to reduce our scroll hole struggle? Is that like when you're stuck there and you're like, oh my God, I don't look like that. I wish I looked like Mm. this. They've got a bigger business than me. Oh my God, they've got all these followers. Um, What's another example? Um, 
Mm. I can't do what they're doing. Right. Oh, look what they're doing. They're successful. That maybe I should do that one too or do, do a thing <laughs> similar to that. And all of that, you need to come back. And if you have a very stable spiritual practice, ideally like a seated meditative practice, which is the yogic philosophy, they say ultimate yogic lifestyle comes from seated first and then blossoms mm. into everything else. The question is, is this true? Is this thought true? Mm. How does that that is, well, it's so good. It's so good because if we earnestly asked ourselves those questions when, yeah, we're comparing ourselves to this, you know, supermodel or, or whatever, or someone that we think has the perfect life and we think, you know, everything just works wonderfully for, we would all understand that that's not the truth. That's not mm. our truth. And why is it that the feminine has been really pinned to feel like we have to compare and compete with everyone? You know, is that the wounded feminine or is that the wounded masculine? Deep question. Sit in reflection with that. (laughs) Um, Such a powerful question. Let's change gears a little bit and let's look at how our menstrual cycle comes into all of this. No, how can... I can't remember the, like, it's a really famous line. I can't remember who said it. It was a really great person. (laughs) I'm thinking like Gandhi or someone like that, (laughs) but was that, you know, it came back to change all begins with one action and one person, Mm. you know, and to increase femininity and the blossoming of the world, the blossoming of nature and essence and energy and connectedness and community all begins with, you and what you can do and making a small change and if that means just changing how you throw your trash out or if that means like being better with you know your food waste or shopping more ethically or whatever it might be it comes back to to thyself and what are some great actually it's question Cassandra what are three things that we could do in the new year well into the future too, that will support bringing in the feminine for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. But to That's balance masculine. Yeah. Oh, geez. I think number one is we need to stop fighting over everything, over every opinion or every belief and like deleting family members and friends. And, you know, like, um, that's such a, like a war ridden masculine kind of energy. So still honoring our truth, but also doing it from a place of grace and embodiment versus the reactive competitive, you know, just like, I think of like a warmonger <laughs> kind of energy when you're like, you don't agree with me, you're out. Okay. Well, yes, yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> the tribe not, has spoken. Exactly. Same goes out. <laughs> like that's not, that's not conducive to changing the world. That's how the world already is. So that's not, that's not contributing to this new form that we want to all embody. Um, so that's big. I think secondly is being present. So getting off of the social media and stop watching the TV and the news and stop telling other people what to, what they think you should believe. And instead come back to your own inner knowing because your gut is telling you at every given moment what your truth is. But when we're inundated with all these other opinions, most of which are based in scarcity, how, how do we find our way? So mm. disconnect more to reconnect. And then thirdly, I think we need to be outside. We need to be outside. So uh, whether you're on the beach, I'm so jealous if you're on the beach. <laughs> I'm uh, in the mountains, so I will take that, I guess. And um, the mountains are beautiful, though. 
We they are beautiful. Have, you can't have both straight and curly hair, okay? You can only have <sighs> one or the other. <laughs> I know. My Pisces heart wants ocean. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, focusing on that, like you mentioned, you garden and you love having your hands in the soil with all of your plants. And whether it's that or being, yeah, out in the middle of nowhere, coming back to the most feminine thing, which is the earth, the, mm-hmm. the place of prosperity and abundance with no attachments and no need for a repayment or anything like that. She just gives and she's abundant and she's free. Yeah. The saying I always share is that nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. Mm, and as good. I've gone through, you know, trauma in the last few months, my best friend who I love freaking dearly. And if you want to hear our chat, we're episode 99 where she interviews me. It's hilarious. Ooh. Um, cause she can just rip me to shreds so easily cause she knows me so well, but we, um, you know, she just said, anytime you crumble into emotional disconnection, which happens, you know, when you get stuck in that emotional, like chain of the wounded mind is, and the wounded heart, she's like, just get your, get your body on the ground. Now I already do this a lot, but it was a great mm-hmm. reminder. I was like, get the womb on the ground. Yoni must touch earth. No clothing. <laughs> And like, I'm grateful that it's not snowing where I live and I can go outside and I can just lay on the grass or I'll walk to the beach in my bikini. I won't be naked. Mm. And I'll just lay on the sand under the sun for like five minutes. And then I'll just go and lay in the water or something and getting yourself back to nature. You need to remember that through the process of cell mitosis, we all began as nature. Mm. And so we are of nature, not just on nature. So I love that you like, they're just literally stop fighting, surrender, be present and nature and nature Mm. nurtures. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned about um, being present and getting off social media. How do you feel about taking social media breaks? Oh my God. They're the most important thing. So I do it once a week. And when I'm on my period, I take two to three days, but see, I still feel like that's not enough. I think I need to do more. (laughs) How do you feel like before you started taking breaks, how did you feel doing like take, how did you feel about taking a break before you took a break? I was scared too, because I thought if I don't show up, people will forget about me or I won't be relevant anymore. What if I miss something important or what if someone I know posts something important? I don't know. But see, when you boil it all down, it's like, you're going to be relevant in 24 hours. Like everything's going to be okay. (laughs) You're not going to be forgotten in 24 hours. 
Um, and so now, like, tell like so tell me about your weekly like social media breaks. You mm-hmm. take them every week, every single week. So I made it Sundays just because that works well for me. So no Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, like anything. And um, dude, you're on all the channels. Oh, <laughs> I know. You know, (laughs) I know, but see to where I, I can recognize throughout the week when I have like an addictive tendency towards it, because it is so it's, it's all designed, right. To be that that, like crack, basically that dopamine hit and they've got the algorithm down. You might not be on drugs, but you're on social media, which is like drugs. It's basically the same. I would bet the brain lights up the same way. Yeah, totally. yeah. So for me, that one day a week is kind of like my respite where I feel like, you know, if I'm doing yoga, I'm not constantly like, well, maybe I should be listening to an Instagram live or I should find a podcast. Instead, I feel like I'm just present because I'm not waiting for some sort of content to hit me. And uh, yeah, if I'm like eating dinner, if I'm with my partner, I'm watching a movie or something, I'm not, I'm not disconnected by trying yeah. to do five different things at once. So yeah, if anyone takes anything from this conversation, Take a social media break. It is Tap so out. needed. Take a fucking break. <laughs> Seriously. So good. I don't, know, I don't know if you have this ad in America. I doubt it. Um, it was like a Kit Kat ad. I don't know if you guys have the Cadbury chocolate Kit Kat. Uh-huh. And this is like an ad when I was a kid. I was like, ah, take a break. And they like, break them. And that was yeah, like, like, like give me a break. break. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> um, I just, I, the reason why I asked you that is I wanted to, sh- to demonstrate that there's just like everyone feels that scarcity, Mm -hmm. you know, even from, you know, a woman who I know who has like 400 plus thousand followers, she feels the same scarcity, the same wind blows on us all. Mm. And I want you to know that the people, when you take a break, the people who are the most important to you, who you need to know, like what's going on in their life or get an update from you, from them, they will be in touch with you. So true. Like if if I think about like my dad is only on Facebook, thank goodness he's on Instagram. Love you, dad, if you listen to this. But <laughs> you know, I like I have to call him to hear what's going on and I and like catch up with him. He has to call me to understand what's happening in my life because he only sees little snippets. He doesn't see any stories. He just sees posts here and there. Mm. And so that's a really great connection way. And I would encourage you to just sit with how you feel having a break and then take a break and then sit with how you feel coming back to it. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so welcoming in this, in the feminine, there are three great ways to do that. Cassandra, how can we use our menstrual cycle to welcome in the feminine? It's the key. It is the key to welcome it in, right? As you and I both know, and it does give us that, that reminder, that blueprint of the impermanence of everything, the power in being bold and also in surrendering and being very soft. And it reminds us the, that power comes from being cyclical by releasing and letting go just as much as doing and creating and yeah, being you know an Instagram superstar or whatever. It's all balanced out and we can't stay in any one of those seasons forever because that's disharmony. No, no season stays stuck in one place. So yeah, I think, I think the cycle is the path home and the more women that wake up to their cyclical awareness, I think that'll be the beginning of the entire revolution. 
I love that. And this is why I asked you this question because I knew we were going to be a perfect segue um, <laughs> to talking about the impact, the going back to that one thing that we can do. If all a woman does in 2021 is connect with her cycle and whether that's going from just tracking on an app or connecting with a menstrual cycle tracker, like a written tracker, which I encourage, pretty sure you'd encourage probably the same thing, mm-hmm. disconnect from your phone, write it on paper, is connect with your cycle and go through that birth death cycle monthly or sees like um, cyclically. I really feel there's lots of different groups of people who got who have been able to get through 2020 well. The first group is the elderly. And so I'm talking like 70 plus, like they've lived through other challenges in the world that have been really big and the same wind blows on us all tight this too shall pass and I feel like the elderly you know just sticking to their same thing every day and doing you know their routine and that's what gets them through it and I think mentally that group is really really well mm. Mm-hmm. The other group of people I think that's got through this year really well is those who have been connected or had a previous cycle connection. So knowing where their body is and knowing how their body's responding to the outside world, aka stress cycles, and knowing that, hey, I'm going to have a shining moment of ovulation and then I'm going to have a rebirthing moment of menstruation. And oh, and after shining, uh, after like rebirthing comes shining and after shining comes rebirthing and it never ends. <laughs> And it's like, oh, my God. So even though I can't fly to visit my family, that will soon end at some stage. I don't know how soon that soon is. So how do you feel about making 2021 the year of welcoming in your cyclical power and your cyclical connection? I want to like get on every TV broadcast and invite every woman in the world to do just that because a woman connected to her cycle is also connected to who she really is at her core, her intuition, her purpose, her passions. And that's where it's, it's more than just knowing when your period's coming. It's, as you said, knowing your seasons, knowing when you're going to feel really heightened and when you're going to need to release. It's also allowing ourselves to have those seasons of letting go. Um, so I think that's probably why this year was easier for some of that cyclically connected because we were consistently doing the work, consistently shedding and burning it away and not build up on us um, to where a lot of people are right now where they are so frazzled and you know hurt and scared because they've got a year's worth of trauma stacked on. So yes, if this can be my global broadcast, <laughs> Your invitation is to connect to your cycle this year. Yeah. And it is going to go global. Connect with your cycle. Yeah. I love that. So simple, right? Yeah. And it's the thing that I love about it and hate about it at the same time is that it's so easy to do, but it's so easy to do that it's so easy not to do. (laughs) So true. (laughs) So that's what I love about it and I hate about it is that, Mm. oh, like when I'm teaching like natural contraception or fertility awareness in session with a client and they're like, oh, I missed that day of tracking my cervical fluid. Oh, and then I missed that day too. I'm like, did you pee that day? Yeah. I'm like, well, how come you didn't like notice what was going on down there? <laughs> oh yeah, but I just forgot to, I'm like, okay. So easy to do, but so easy not to do. Yeah. And so that comes back to presence and being connected and being in tune and aligned with what's really important to you. 
and I'm all there with you, sister. Megan, 2021, the year of cyclical connection. Mm-hmm. What There's another way that women can really learn to embody the rebirthing, that death rebirth process, and that's connecting with your blood, your menstrual mm-hmm. blood. Yes. How can connecting with your menstrual blood be a really good healing, a part of your healing journey or healing experience? both for yourself and then like mass consciousness around the world. So I have like four like versions of this answer I can give you because like how uninhibited do you want me to be? Do you want me to tell you everything? (laughs) Let's start with someone who's like, you do a blood ritual and then let's go to, let's, and then let's go to the the last phase was like, yeah, man, I pull my blood on my face and I draw a tape, I draw a picture with it. <laughs> and I'm going to empty my menstrual cup. So let's start with like the beginning. <laughs> let's work our way to the, to like the, the, the more experienced. Mm. Is that all right? That That's, yeah. I'm just like, I'm crying, laughing. It's all so I'm fine. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a rebirthing process. It, it is. And I guess that I can't say it any other way, but your blood is the most sacred substance in the world. That is literally life and death in your hands. And that is, you know, part of your cervix. It's how she is a portal of life and death. Your womb is a portal of life and death. And by the time that comes out, you have the most nutrient dense stem cell filled, beautiful elixir that in my opinion oh, is just a shame. Shall we drink it? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't recommend that personally, but I, just, hey. I said that because you said elixir. That always makes me think of like a right. beautiful turmeric elixir. Some ginger. people do. I mm. not indigenous, indigenous communities around the world would, you know, maybe explore right. that. If you're super clean and toxin free, that could be a yeah. great thing to do. But yeah, I think most of us maybe not. Um, but yeah, this this beautiful thing that I think is a shame to flush down the toilet or throw in the garbage can. Um, this is truly our, if we could boil down our essence, if we could boil down our power and our connection to our body, I think it comes down to your blood. So I think a way a woman connects to her blood is often how she connects to her life in general. And I remember years ago being at this festival in Guatemala and there was this sign in the little red tent area. And it said, when women, uh, let me see, how did they exactly say it? The day women offer their blood back to the earth will also be the day that the world is healed. Meaning if all women, I know, it's like almost, it took my breath away when I saw it. But yeah, meaning if all women knew how sacred their blood was to where they went above and beyond to offer it back to the earth, we'd have a different world, wouldn't we? I have literal chills from every inch of my body right now that is so beautiful I have to share a story okay before we go on to all the other rituals that we can do with our blood is that giving back to the earth is so beautiful it's something that I do Um, I love pouring in my veggie garden and generally Mm -hmm. I'll give the blood back to the plants that look the most malnourished or the you know the the saddest looking plants they all look pretty healthy but there's always you know you can always tell the sadder ones anyway (laughs) and when I studied ancestral health there was a really beautiful teaching about creating the or collecting the semen of the male and the blood of the woman and mixing them together Mm. and then rebirthing those into the earth and that's where heirloom seeds came from And heirloom seeds were designed to bring forward the history and the connection with your ancestors 
into future present times. And I won't go on a seed rant like about heirloom seeds and how they're all in lockdown and have been for a long time. But it just goes to show that that's been a ritual for many, many, many years that we've lost connection with. And you're right. Imagine if every menstruator gave back to the earth, there would be a lot of change in um, pollution, Mm. a lot of change in the way that we care for the earth, the way that we care for our bodies. Therefore, energetically, that's going to change how we care for others. It's going to change our relationships with ourselves. Therefore, the relationship with others. I could Mm. go on a rant here. The list is endless. Mm. So Mm. beautiful. A way a woman connects with her blood is how they connect with their life. Mm -hmm. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what do you do with your blood? Like what's your blood ritual? Mm. Well, my favorite thing in the whole world is moon blood masks. And um, yeah, you know, some, I don't know, hopefully everyone's ready for this, but (laughs) bring it on, bring it on. Yeah. Years ago, I was at this goddess retreat actually in Oregon and uh, this woman was leading the circle and she said, do you all want to know how my skin is so beautiful and glowy and how I look so young? And of course we were all like, yeah what's your secret? Not ready at all for what she was about to say. She was like, yeah, I put menstrual blood on my face. And oh my God, I remember that moment being like, Ooh, that is so revolting. I was so not ready to hear it. It was totally out of my comfort zone. You know, it's funny. It's like three years later, I was at that same goddess temple. She said the same thing. And again, I was like, wow, yeah. What's your secret? Like I'd totally forgotten. And she said it again. And that time when she said it, I was like, that's brilliant. What a great idea. Yeah. It's full of stem cells. Of course that would make sense. So yeah, you were seeing what you're ready for, I guess, with to, mm-hmm. to sum oh, that up. Totally. But yeah, I find not only for the significance of painting your own body with your blood and really seeing it as such a sacred substance that you would do that with, right? You're, that's obviously disconnecting from our modern world's opinion of it, which is that it's dirty and probably unsanitary and gross and whatever. But also for your health, I don't know if you do moon blood masks, but my skin glows for days after that. It ke- cleared up my eczema that I struggled with for years on my face. It's, yeah. I like literally count down the days for the third day of my cycle where I'm like, it's moon blood day. (laughs) And do you, for those who are listening, do you collect the blood over all the days and then, and then, and then do it all at once? Or do you, or is it just one collection that you do it with? Just one collection. So the first day I feel like it's kind of a cleansing day for the womb. So that's why I usually don't do the first day. So for whatever reason, I pick day three and uh, yeah, I'll just pull out the cup that night and then do it. So beautiful. I've tried a bunch of different rituals. Um, (laughs) It really depends on like, I feel it's how you're feeling at the time Mm. and also depends on your actual menstrual bleed too. You know, I remember Mm. when I, um, when I was kind of, when I was on the journey of not having PCOS anymore, I felt like there was fibroids in my bleed and I didn't really want to be rubbing them all over my face. So I used to rub Mm. it. I used to pour it on my chest mm-hmm. in the shower and then I used to do like breast massage and then like womb mm. massage and so like for me that was that felt really good and authentic um yeah love pouring it in the garden because I feel like I'm giving it back mm-hmm. in a in a um in a I was gonna say selfless way but it's just giving more I feel like in the garden too rather than just giving to yourself because mm-hmm. you can give yourself a ritual with yeah. that um 
and it also depends where you mm-hmm. are. Like if you're changing a menstrual cup and you're out, like you're not going to be like, sorry, guys, just give me five minutes in my best friend's toilet. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> just in here doing a blood ritual. Don't interrupt. Um, I don't have a look. <laughs> you know, you just careful who you hang out with. But, um, you know, mm. I find all of like my closest, my two closest girlfriends are totally into all this stuff. And it's, it's yeah. great. Like, you know, being able to call them and be like, oh my God, guess, guess what has happened? Like, just did this and they're like oh my god yeah and that's sisterhood and community you can text them really yes yeah totally yes exactly i was gonna say get friends that you can send moon blood mask pictures to that think it's funny yeah and i'm not joking (laughs) i i know i know you're not joking i think it's great to like be able to share that because traditionally we would do that as a community as women together you know, we would sit in circle together. And that's why I feel like it's so empowering running retreats and being able to mm. host women in a, in a container where regardless of where you are in your cycle, we can have a womb cleansing together. Mm. And that brings in the multiple energies of the four different phases and drawing in yeah. the four different planets, or planets, the four different corners of the world from the, you know, the north to the south to the east to the west and drawing in, you know, um, mother sorry, father, son and, and mother's um, mother earth and bringing all of these elements in There's so many facets to it. Um, so but, if you, but if you're just at the beginner phase, giving back to your garden is a great start and getting used to like what it looks like. Cause if you've used a tampon and you all of a sudden using a cup and you're like, Holy fuck, what is this thing in my cup? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a journey and yeah. wherever you are in your journey is beautiful. Yes. Well said. Well said. Can I ask you one question? Yeah, please. Fine. I'm, I'm curious your feelings on menstruation and intimacy, like on your cycle or painting your partner or any, anything. You're open to ask me any questions you like. Um, I, this is a really beautiful question because there's a few different facets to it. You know, if you look at the modern world, you know, having sex on your period is a really great way. Like on a sexual experience is a really great way to, bond together mm-hmm. um it also is like really great lubrication it can provide a really great connection especially i feel especially if you're leading into the process to have a have a child together it mm-hmm. kind of you know having a child is messy and mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things that go with it so it's <laughs> a really great transition um and i think that if someone who can have you know like penetrative sex with you whilst you're menstruating it's a great person to have a child with Mm, um yeah you know because like they're embodying all of your fluids you know everything you know as i know some friends of mine who have partners who were like nope don't even look and they just they 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 didn't even want to be a part of that part of the pregnancy so all the labor Mm. um so when it comes to like that's a a modern way you can look at it it's also said to be good for reducing cramps and period Mm. pain and and whatnot Mm. but in an in an ayurvedic yogic way if we look at the philosophy, having sex um, or pen- anything penetrative whilst you're menstruating is actually deterring the flow. Mm. So you're actually, it's like doing a 180 on your flow. So when you're menstruating, everything is downward and the energy is down and out. It's down and out. So when you're meditating at that time of your cycle, it's all about the groundedness and the support and connecting to your sacral chakra and your solar plexus and feeling held and mm. literally supported. Whereas when you're having sex, the pen, if it's especially if it's connected sex, um, the enlightenment draws the energy up to the crown chakra. 
So you're actually drawing your energy field up. And so menstruation was not encouraged at all during, Mm. sorry, sexual experience was not encouraged at all whilst you're menstruating because it's actually doing the opposite effect to your body. So Mm. there's different ways to look at it and it depends on like your faith and your spirituality and whatnot. But I really feel like I said that um, it depends on how you feel as a woman if you feel really connected where you feel, yeah, I actually feel quite open and you maybe you're towards the end of your bleed and you feel really connected with your partner and you want to have that, you know, period sex experience. Mm. I have a whole, whole podcast episode on period sex as well. If you you're want to like, so tune awesome. into that. Um, man, we talk about everything on this podcast from like cervical orgasms to self-pleasure to vibrators to period sex to the moon and like the planet. Anyway. Um, but yeah, you're, with your cycle and bleeding, it's a sacred time for you. So if you're connected to yourself and you know what's serving you, you'll be able to then be present in, you know, in connection with a partner. But just be aware that if after you try that, you feel like your energy's all spun out and you're like freaking not feeling proper, like like properly connected, maybe it's because you've reversed your energy field. Um, so just be aware of that. I feel that and I'll, I'll get a little bit visual here, but, you know, in sexual experience, there is a podcast episode about squirting mm-hmm. and um, like G spot orgasms and squirting. And, you know, often, you know, I know that a lot of men love that fluid, you know, and they're like, want to rub it all over themselves. I'm like, yeah, give it to me. And that can be also the same with menstrual blood. So if you are having, um, you know, period sex get a like a period a a squirt blanket or a a menstrual bleed free bleed blanket you can there's some on my website and you can just get those and lay them down and you can allow yourself to just don't worry about the fluids and just let them go wherever they wherever they want but you know he might like to do that and if you Mm. feel like you want to explore it then open that conversation up and ideally open the conversation up when you're not in the middle of it you know Mm. be like hey next time on my on my bleed if i feel really connected to you know, us connect, like having sex together, I'd love to explore how it feels for you in, you know, I don't know how you want to say, rubbing my menstrual blood on you or like doing a little ritual where like we're connected because that's my life force Mm. going on. And yeah, there's lots of things I would encourage. Um, I know a lot of women love for penetrative sex and for the man to climax and come inside her whilst they're while she's menstruating because she feels like, hey, that's a really great time for me not to conceive. Mm-hmm. But I just want you to be really aware of the double life force energies there and how that might end up making you feel menstrually. Um, so just be aware of that. And your cervix mm. is a lot lower at that time of your cycle. So yeah. sex, sexual experience feels extremely different to what it does, you know, mid-cycle or around your fertile window. Mm-hmm. Is that a good answer? That's a hell of a good answer. <laughs> I like literally openly talk about these topics. I love it. It's just they're not talked about. So I'm like, no one ever talked to me about this when I was younger. So I might as well tell it. Preach it to the sisters. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! Okay, I've loved our conversation so much. Um, We're nearly kind of out of time there. I don't want to like go on forever because we totally could. I know. <laughs> I feel like we totally could. We could just have a show ourselves, I reckon. It'd be like, but, it'd have to have a really juicy name, though. I know, right? Mm. Anyway, I've, my, my, my mind is going into creative mode, that blood dripping. Anyway, um, so let's talk about 
rituals for 2021. So we're literally two days away from welcoming in this beautiful new year. What are what what are some rituals that you like to do for the new year? I think what's going to be really key moving into 2021 before we like do the exciting stuff, like the like, oh, I can't wait to like set goals and intentions and all that. That's like the fluffy, like light side of everything. There's going to need to be, I think for most people, a huge releasing around 2020, around the expectations that weren't met, the grief, the sadness, the fear, the scarcity, things that are 100% legitimate. Those need to be resolved before we can move into the the light, happy, abundant stuff. So I think a fire ceremony would be absolutely incredible. Burn away. Imagine if we could do a global fire ceremony all at the same that'd be really hard all at the same time it's kind of like them yeah <laughs> what are you doing just getting up at 1 for a burning ceremony in my backyard <laughs> um that's beautiful that's beautiful I think something that I always like to do is to recap the year firstly mm, that's and good. for me the last few new moons specifically have been very fundamental in doing a lot of releasing after a lot of trauma that yes. I've been through and good. I, I really, personally for me, I know that there's going to be a big burning and not just burning energetically. It could be with a flame. So it could be physically mm-hmm. too, but really important to just really explore everything emotionally that's come up and release and surrender mm-hmm. to those and give back that energy so it can be restored. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of took over you answering the question. No, that was, you just made it more all-encompassing so that was beautiful yeah the re- I love the reflection idea the releasing the receive you know it's all like what our period teaches us also that's those are the exact words and the energies around our period um, and then I think being authentic is the big theme that I feel more and more with 2021 so getting really clear on if you were to let go of these previous versions of yourself if you were to shed these old ways of doing if you were to really be willing to go into the dark, murky, mysterious sides of the feminine, who would emerge out the other side? Because I would imagine she's someone that's very vocal and has, you know, opinions and beliefs and really feels lit up by different things in the world. How would that version of yourself show up? And I'm right there with you all. I'm committed to doing the same and being more and more vocal and, um, and clear in who I am And not letting that fear of judgment or comparison or whatever to get in the way. I think that's the feminine leadership we need in 2021. I don't really feel like I could add anything more on top of that. I think that's so beautiful. A woman who can be at her greatest or her darkest is a, is a beautiful woman. Mm. Mm. Yeah. A woman who can connect to her present moment even when it's like a volcano yeah in the middle of it's just a really beautiful beautiful woman like walking in the shadow whilst in presence you know so Mm. beautiful yeah great reflections and releases um i've loved having on the show cassandra thank you so much for being a part of this episode yeah it's amazing to just connect, like you said, with another sister in the world that is so on the same wavelength. So thank you. You're welcome. All right, let's wrap it up. I'll wrap it up with a normal podcast question that I ask every guest, but then I just want to ask one final guest for the topic we've been chatting about today. 
what are three things you're looking forward to in the new year? Like in 2021, three things you're really looking forward to. And what are three things that you're going, you're creating in 2021 or you're birthing in 2021? Three That's things you're looking question. forward to. I know I've, I just thought of it and I haven't even <laughs> asked myself that question. I put you on the spot. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Three things I'm excited. I, I'm New Year's is like my favorite holiday ever yeah. because I love that act of the new beginning and kind of feeling like you get a clean slate. So just the feeling waking up in 2021 and knowing that this is a new year and we don't have to carry the baggage or the beliefs that we've felt before. Um, so I'm excited for the fresh beginning. I'm excited for my relationship and how that's blossoming and to have just another season of life with this amazing man and to, I think to, to do more of the work. That sounds like a cliche answer, but um, to continue to show up unapologetically to those shadows and dance with them and, you know, as they say, like marry them and process them. So tis Not the season. Not cliche at all. <laughs> and the then purpose three, of life is to turn up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then three things I'm birthing or creating. Um, I'm excited to relaunch my period course that's been amazing and to help more women claim their cycles and to dabble more in the idea of business and cyclical health. So how those flow together. So I've got things brewing for that in my ovulation phase here. <laughs> so, of course you um, do. <laughs> of course I do. And... I, yeah, frankly, I just want to go travel somewhere. I want to go to a beach somewhere. When you were talking about laying on the sand and in the ocean, my whole heart was like, oh, take my Piscesness with me. I know. Take me with you. Um, Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, How can everyone find you? Who's like, who is this Cassandra lady? Tell me more. (laughs) How can, how can they find you? Yes. I'm on Instagram at menstruation queen. And then my website is CassandraWilder.com. I'll pop all those links in the show notes. Um, Cassandra, thank you so much for joining us. Final podcast question. I ask all of our guests this. What if, and I can't wait to ask you this question. What are three guiding tips that you wish you knew when you went through menarche and started Mm. menstruating that you now know today that you wish you knew then? And ask a, a fellow menstrual educator and teacher and preacher this question and to sum it into three it's quite hard so I would (laughs) love to hear your answer three guiding tips I was gonna say we could write a book about what we wish we would have known um number one that it's not a curse that it's a huge blessing and even though it doesn't feel like that in the moment that will all be revealed in due time so to just trust the process Secondly, to slow down, to allow myself to feel what I'm experiencing every month and to not push through it and not to numb it and not to feel like it's a hindrance, but instead to pause long enough to hear what my body's trying to say. And thirdly, to recognize that my cycle and my connection to it will be the path forward. So the more I want to resist it and the longer I want to fight it and say I hate it and all those things, the longer it's going to take for me to come home to myself. So just just hop on the wagon and uh, and enjoy the ride. Jump on in. Come on. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> oh, Cassandra, I've loved this so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this, um, this episode and all the best for 2021. Um, I feel really blessed that um, we've met in this way and we've been able to share this experience and, and welcome, close off a beautiful year and welcome an even more beautiful year. 
um, because there's beauty in all things. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.